Hello everyone, it's Saturday, September 9th. Welcome to Pop Goes the Girls, where we, two sisters born a decade apart, take a foray through our respective journeys through pop culture. I'm Daisy Kosh. And I'm Chelsea Davidson. This episode is not sponsored by anything, because it is New York Fashion Week, so naturally we've decided not to eat anything, darling. We're nothing. eating nothing. Maybe we'll pop a grape later, we'll see. Let's, let's see how excited we feel. We have to peel feel. it first, though. The skin has so many calories. It really depends, darling. So now is the perfect time to tell you that we spoil things during our podcast, whether that be pop culture related or otherwise. <laughs> so leave now or forever prepare for, prepare for pop culture spoilers. Each week we do talk about pop culture artifacts that have shaped us and why they're memorable. We also have a fan theory fight club where we argue the merits or detriments of some of the fan theories surrounding interpreting different pop culture items. And lastly, we will play a round of Chris the Sister, where one of us loves something that the other hates or hasn't seen or... Fia's kind of lukewarm on. And we will open it up to a poll for you, our lovely listeners, to decide which sister is right. Whoever that may be. It's a real Chanel versus Dolce conundrum. Oh, yes. And I'm Chanel. And you're Dolce. How about I be Prada? <gasps> dun, dun, dun! All right, let's go straight into it with something okay. that you love. No, don't say I love it. You that, love that it, is, darling. It, you love it. It's you too, love it. It's the best. It's the best, it darling. It's too far to say I love it. <laughs> that being said, I watched it two days ago for the first time ever, I and I didn't hate it, it like I, like I expected to. So naturally, it's our artifact. So we I've will be. Seen, I've seen it a long time ago, so yeah. it's like way back there. Go on. It's amazing you've held on to it. Oh, I've held on to uh, it. We will be talking about Zoolander. Would you guys stop it already? Did you ever think that maybe there's more to life than being really, really, really ridiculously good looking? I mean, maybe we should be doing something more meaningful with our lives. Like helping people. Uh, Derek, what people? I don't know. People who need help. Models help people. They make them feel good about themselves. I love that you paused and you basically did the blue steel face at me. <laughs> Which is kind of like a duck face. It is. Sort of. It is. It's, it's the sucked in cheeks. You stick out your lips like a duck face yeah. and you try to smolder. It is it's so, so of that time period. It's yeah. ridiculous. The duck face look. And holy shit, is it Cameo City? Oh my oh god. Oh my god. Yeah. It's like Ben Stiller turned around because it is his baby. Direct, produced, wrote created the story stars in it i'm sure if if i look deeper into it he probably held the camera at some point so he's down there for film like put a stitch in one of the yeah, outfits yeah it really is his baby he very much is a part of it and i think he just called up a bunch of people and said hey do you want to be in a movie you yeah. don't have to say sweet dick all you just have to be there because I, and there's I love the so many line. people i love the tagline for zoolander three percent body fat one percent brain activity yeah i love that and i think he enjoyed kind of um uh oh he directed i didn't know mm. he was the director he did all of it Chelsea. Yeah. i said it's his baby directed story exec uh produced screenplay i'm looking for more he acted in it he's got his dad in it yeah yeah it uh, is a ben stiller film through and through i do um uh, no no offense his to the fashion no offense to the fashion his industry um, but Zoolander is I, not helping you. <laughs> no, yeah, they very much mock it. They they mock models and the fashion industry. Um, and while it is making a mockery of it, 
there are elements of it that are true because people have come out and said, you know, as a model, I do starve myself before a shoot or they, they don't want to admit that they are doing unhealthy things to themselves to look well enough for a shoot or to look skinny enough or to look, you know, gaunt enough, whatever you want to say. Um, but it is the truth. Like, they've, they've mentioned it. Like, at one point, they deal with something like bulimia, and they turn around and say, you know, this is the norm. Which yeah. is, which was very rampant at the time, wasn't it? Oh my god. They were all insane. skinny bitches. Yeah. Um, there was no plus-size models in the, in the Zoolander and Hansel story. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even think you see any plus-size people yeah. in the movie. There's Mugatu. Um, Mugatu may be the closest you have to a, a plus-size plus size model, and he yeah. wears a corset. Yeah. Will Ferrell wears a corset. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, uh, what I appreciated, because I went in, I was very hesitant. Keep in mind, at the time, Chelsea had told me positive stuff about John Cusack movies, so I would watch those, <laughs> and, this is a few and I didn't, I didn't believe her, but I tried it anyway, and I regretted trying it. I told you and nothing about Zoolander. Zoolander, you said, you have to watch this, and considering the path of destruction I had just walked away from, I was very concerned. Because it doesn't look like a quality movie, especially the cover. Doesn't he say this is a school for ants? Is that what he says? Yeah, when he school, when the it's model? the little model, yeah. This is a school for ants. It needs to be at least three times this size. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm just I really appreciate right it. Basically, from the get go, I'd say similar to with Billy Madison, Derek Zoolander, who is Ben Stiller's character, he wants to grow as a person. Like, you can tell that. Like, the first, like, 15 he's minutes. He's haunted, though. He's so first, haunted. The first 15 minutes, it seems like he's a vapid model because he's up for model of the year for, like, the fourth year in a row. And um, you're initially concerned that it's going to be, oh, God, it's just stupid model facing stupid model. Which it is. Um, which it's it, in the computer. It feels that way. <laughs> um, but he does. He wants to grow as a person, especially once he fails in his career. It kind of gets him... Uh, motivated to try something new and he even says like right away he said the thought of him teaching underprivileged kids how to read made him feel better about himself than the last three years of modeling had yeah. and I think that says a lot about how he's feeling he's not there's feeling more fulfilled. to life than being really really ridiculously good looking yes he's not feeling fulfilled in his line of work so he's gonna do something better and he wants to contribute to society um, uh, he even questions, you know, is modeling his destiny, even though he's really good looking, as Chelsea just said. Really, um, really ridiculous. That being said, when he goes home, I love Vince Vaughn. <laughs> Very, it's a cameo, because he doesn't say anything. That's his brother, right? Yes, he's yeah. supposed to be his brother in it. I don't know who the other guy is. He's clearly not as famous. No offense to that guy. Um, but John Voight is supposed to be his dad, and they're, like, coal miners, and he's, and he comes in with, like, leopard print shit on, and he's like, I've come home to try and be a part of the family business. Clearly, he's not made for it. You figure that out really fast. Uh, and, like, his cough, when they come out of the mine, <laughs> like, yeah. it sounds so fake and phony, and it is really funny. Um, but his family basically immediately rejects him so he returns back to the modeling world within like five minutes of leaving it and he genuinely wants to contribute to the world positively like i said so when he gets the opportunity to do a modeling thing he's doing it like he's just going through the motions even though he's secretly being used to possibly assassinate the what is it the prime minister of malaysia 
the amount of times that gets messed up in the movie is hilarious, though. When he turns around, he's like, oh my god, it's the guy from Claymation. It's, it's nuts. Um, but I did like that he wants to grow and he wants to be a better person. And relationships that aren't valued when you start the movie become kind of key to it later. Um, yeah. I, I went in very hesitant, came out not feeling as bad as I think I could have. I, I would in many, many years, watch that again. You know what I find really interesting is I always pegged this as a Will Ferrell movie. Why? Because it has all of the, like, markings of a Will Ferrell movie. But, like, knowing now that it's a Ben Stiller movie, it's... It feels way more Ben Stiller now, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I can yeah. see, oh my god, there's his wife, there's his dad. And there's Owen Wilson. All of the jokes. Yeah, yeah. Every single joke. Yeah, because Owen Wilson was in, like, all throughout Meet the Parents and Meet the Fockers and all that. So they And I think really he genuinely friendship. plays the same person in this and Meet the Fockers and Meet the Parents. Who? Owen Wilson? Yes. He's, oh. he's the guy who, like, pretends to be doing all this cool shit. Hippie chic boho chic kind of thing. Yeah, but he does the same thing. He, in this, yeah. he turns around. Like, when he does yeah. his whole, like, speech, because they do, like, a little speech for when they're model, they're going for model of the year, he's like, like, one of my inspirations is Sting. I don't listen to any of his music, but, like, he's doing something, you know? That's the kind of shit that his character does yeah. in Meet yeah. the Parents and Meet the Fockers. He's just a pretentious dick. It's it's a great movie. In that. In this, <laughs> Zoolander, he, he's genuinely a Zoolander bit dumb. is a great but, movie, it, yeah. it really mocks the fashion industry. But it does whole. it in a way that it kind of brought focus. And to I do an want to I do want to give one very quick shout out to hand model. Yes. David Duchovny. Yes. Great. I love that he stepped on the glass and he goes, You idiot. Yeah. And apparently there is a moment I cannot remember what it was, but like he repeats something to him and And he repeats it back and he yes. asks a question, he goes, I just told you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But he he forgot like, it, it was a, tr a genuine mess-up, a yeah. genuine flub, by Ben Stiller, and David Duchovny kept enough of it, of his self in it yeah. for to the role like, that they kept it, and that was just no his genuine David Duchovny, It does seem like he's like, are you serious? Like, yeah. he, he, do he doesn't look like he's acting, he yeah. looks like he's genuinely confused, like, are you serious? You That's forgot? an ad-lib, but they kept it, and it, it yeah. turns out to be perfect, considering... Considering he's supposed to be a bit of an airhead. Yeah, exactly. Like, anyway. you can see the tumbleweeds moving around in there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's a ghost town. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, considering, considering it's a movie about dumb people, I found that the movie itself wasn't entirely dumb, which is weird. Yeah. Because stuff like Weird Science and Billy Madison that we've discussed in the last couple of weeks have very much juvenile jokes that feel juvenile to me, but when Zoolander I was watching doesn't. this, it's not. Yeah. You're dealing with dumb people not doing dumb shit. It was really weird. And by the way, do you remember that Alex Skarsgård is in it? As in True Bloods? Is he one of the guys that gets blown up? Yes! Yeah. And I said to mom, because mom was watching it, and she goes, I think I've seen this, and she'd be really hesitant. So, <laughs> but, I, but then we were watching... I think your sister has exposed me to this idiocy oh, yeah. before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but then when we were watching it, we were like a half hour, and she goes, I might not have seen this. But when they're initially having fun throwing water at each other, I was like, it's oh. It's gasoline. No, they, they were initially throwing water and, like, doing squeegee stuff, and I was like, oh, that's kind of cute that they're, like, living in a, like, a JCPenney ad. But then later, when it's gas, I was like, what are they doing? And Ben Stiller has enough about him that when he's far away from them and he sees that he's got a cigarette, he turns back and he goes, no, oh, he has enough yeah. about him to know that that's not a good idea, and he tries to stop it, but before yeah. he can even do anything, lit up, blown up, it's over. Yeah. But yeah, I appreciated it 
more than I thought I would, which I think is why I can live with it being an artifact. Yeah. And I, yeah. I watched it when I was very young, so I, I loved it for... Naturally, you loved it. I naturally loved it. Um, <laughs> and then as I got older, I still love it. I still think it's great. It holds up really, really well. It's a great parody of the fashion industry, without question. I don't know if it's based in New York, but it is New York Fashion Week, and I'm just going to pretend for the sake of pretending, because I'm pretty sure they're in California, but whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, I think they are supposed to be in LA. But uh, yeah, Zoolander is... But it's, it's American fashion, so that is New York fashion, is it not? No, but, but we're Well, sure. I didn't say they were in Minnesota, Chelsea. <laughs> I said they were in LA. The Fargo fashion scene. Yeah. Look at me with my sheriff's coat. Oh my god, neither one of us could do a Fargo accent. We said we more Canadian than ever we, right we then. We cannot do a Fargo accent to save our life. Well, don't we always just go, hurdy yeah. gurdy No, that's Swedish. That's, <laughs> no, that's a Swedish chef. hurdy gurdy schmurdy is the Swedish chef. Anyway, enjoyed Zoolander. Zoolander is good. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll watch short. it in ten years or something. Alright, so uh, I'm going to stay away from... Uh, now we're on to our fan theory fight club. Yeah, I'm going to stay away from Much more serious film. Let me... Can I do the lead-in for uh, anything? Fine. Well, it's too late. So our Fan Theory Fight Club is All about... All I said was that it was a much more serious movie. It's about... Not really. It's about The Devil Wears Prada. Yeah, I came to New York to be a journalist and uh, sent letters out everywhere and then finally got a call from Elias Clark and met with Sherry up at Human Resources and basically it's this or auto universe. So you don't read Runway? Uh... No. And before today, you had never heard of me? No. And you have no style or sense of fashion? Well, um, I think that depends on what you're... No, no. That wasn't a question. Dun, dun, dun! Yes, yeah, so... So translation, let's talk about who, who it's really about. That's... Hold on, woman. No, who that's, that's really about? That's my fan theory. Your fan theory my is My fan that? theory is who is the devil in The Devil Wears Prada. We know who the devil is. Who's the devil? It's her that does the Met Gala every year. She's the real devil. Who? You know, what's her name? Oh, what's her name? The Met? Yeah, the she's The last in, Met was she, done she's by charge. Blake Lively. No, no. She was the creative director. Not the person who's an honorary person for it. She's the creative director. No, I mean the person who does it every year. What's her name? She wears the giant glasses. She's Meryl Streep. What the frig is her name? As soon as you asked me who it was, Provoke? it literally just flew out of my brain. Works yes. Provoke? Yes. She is the I'm... devil that wears Prada. <laughs> oh my god. It literally just left my brain. As soon as you said who is it and you looked at me, I swear it flew away with some birds. It just left my brain. <laughs> It's not Would you Christina? Like me to tell you? Christina. No, it's not Christina. That's way too plain of a name. Would you like me to tell you? Oh, yeah. Anna Wintour. Anna Wintour. That's it. And this is where you're wrong. So it's I'm not going to get into it in depth. You know it's her. Very, do what happened to my do voice? A quick synopsis? <laughs> do you want to do a quick synopsis? No. No. God, no. Okay. Devil Wears Prada is definitely worth the watch. I'm pretty sure that's on Disney Plus as well, so watch that. Um, so honestly, Disney Plus should be giving us sponsorships. Because everything I've spoken about lately has been from Disney Plus. Um, anyway, Devil Wears Prada. Everybody presumes the devil, of course, the woman who wears Prada and wears it so well, would be the editor of the fashion magazine that Andy works for. 
Andy being Anne Hathaway's character. And the and, devil being Meryl Streep. But one of the most enduring fan theories is that Miranda P Priestley is not actually the devil in this movie. Anna Wintour. <laughs> Miranda... Miranda Priestley. Yes, but she is Anna Wintour. Okay, that's that's speculation. It isn't speculation. Your Honor, that is speculation. They basically said it. Like, since they made the movie, Overruled. they basically said So, you're overruling yourself. It's not the devil in this movie. The devil is, in fact, someone who doesn't wear Prada. You talking about Emily Blunt's character? No. Oh. The devil, in fact, doesn't wear Prada. Because it's Andy's boyfriend, Nate. Adrian oh Grenier, God. the actor who played Nate, agrees with this theory. He has stated that Nate hadn't grown up as a person, but Andy had. She needed more out of life, and she was achieving it. He couldn't support her like she needed because he was a fragile, wounded boy. So what he does instead... Sorry, that's where Adrian Grenier's words stop. What he, what he does instead is he tempts her away from success. Her heaven, her pivotal moments in the movie, he tries to convince her that they're not worth it. That it's better to do to succumb to his evil ways. So the devil doesn't in fact wear Prada. The devil is her boyfriend, ex-boyfriend, whatever you want to call him. Her boy toy. The devil no Adrian Grenier is the devil <laughs> is how I'm interpreting it. No offense to him. Enduring You theory. know he's an asshole. You know he's an but asshole. But he's the devil. He's not the devil. Well that's the theory. The theory is She's that he's the, devil the devil that wears the Prada. He's the devil in disguise. He's See? the devil in disguise. See what I did there? Oh, yes, he is. Anyway, he could wear whatever the hell he wants. He could go to Macy's. I don't give a shit. He's a devil of his own. But <laughs> the devil wears Hanes. Yeah. <laughs> Where's Joe Boxer? Loom. It's Fruit of the Looms. Where's Fruit of the Looms? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, oh, God. I've only watched this once. Usually, <gasps> I've only watched it once You've because only... I can't really get through it again. Oh. Um, I watched it. How? I watch it for like two things. I watch it. Stanley Tucci, Emily Blunt. There's okay, two things. I watch things. it for three things because I just remembered a third thing. I watch it for Stanley Tucci and Emily Blunt as as I was about to get into. I love There's her being someone right mean. I love the mean you, Emily Blunt. Is yes, great. I love mean Emily Blunt because when you see her in it, she's you one, totally get it. She's you one get why she's mean. Stomach flew away from her goal weight. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I totally understand Emily Blunt, and I understand why she hates Anne Hathaway in this because she's basically she's worked her ass her job. off. Yeah, she has worked her ass off to be at this point, and this friggin' numbskull walks in. I would be wearing livid, a shit outfit, livid if I was Emily Blunt. Yeah, worked my little keister off, my and tiny little keister that I have dyed in my my keister off yes. to get there, and and yet. I, I get think you said keister way too many times. I get now. usurped by this little keister that walks into the yeah. office. Um, but I, I, it's completely deserved, all the hate that she experiences from her. Once again, um, I love Stanley Tucci, but I'm going to oh. get into that in a second. Oh! Stanley Tucci is just... I would, Stanley Tucci can Tucci my coochie. I love Ugh. Stanley Tucci. I oh love my Stanley God. Tucci. I'm not pretending I didn't hear any of that. <laughs> Oh my god. You don't like Stanley Tucci? I do, but I don't want him going oh. anywhere near my bits. Oh my god, Stanley There's something Tucci. Wrong with you. Stop mm. talking like that. He, you sound like I you're having him. like a thought orgasm. What I is wrong with you? Him Stop like, talking. Make me Italian food. He has a show where he does that. Just I know, and it. I didn't see it. No, oh I god. didn't see it. And now it's not available for streaming. Please do you know, how, do you know the heartbreak talking. I'm enduring because of this? Uh. Oh, there's another man who can touch my keister. Okay. I do like my, my So now that I need you. to bathe in bleach, <laughs> um, I love that Anne Hathaway 
very much as the story goes you could see that she's kind of coming into her own more and more like she cares she starts to care yeah she actually gives a shit um, she doesn't originally. And she outgrows her boyfriend, who you think is the devil. He is the Once devil. Once she's successful, she is, she's done with him. Like, he's, he's really just dragging her down. He is dragging her down. Because he's, he's the devil. Yeah. He's tempting her to be Oh my god, bad. stop trying to convince me he's the devil. He's not the devil. He's the devil! He's the devil in disguise, and Meryl Streep is the devil that wears Prada. Anyway, um, I love... I, I hate her as a person in it, because she's a shit human being. Meryl Streep, being Miranda... Priestley. Oh, I loved brilliant. it. Her One look. Of, I have I to tell you something. It. I don't. E- I can't even explain it. Yeah. It's just the right look for her to be the way she is in it. Like the gray hair and just the when right the shade. elevator dings and the doors open and she comes in, you're like, yes, immediately. Queen. Yes. Queen. Yeah. Like you want to bow to her, but you're also scared too. Yeah. Because she will step on you. I, and I love when she's um, saying stuff to her as well, and she's just like, no, no, that wasn't a question. Like, yeah. Like she, she's like just, she doesn't want to hear from you right now. So, but there's you know, a, don't even leave a message. I have to tell she's you basically the talk to the hand because the face doesn't want to hear it. If a person, yeah, she doesn't, but she doesn't need action. to even raise her hand. So yeah, that's too much effort for Miranda Priestley. Yeah, this woman is just a gem. But yeah, they're on like it's it, it feels like something that y- you watch to enjoy people being awful. If you're going for a job interview, I feel you should watch this movie and don't channel power, power Channel poses. Miranda <laughs> Priestley because you will kick ass. Just know your shit. Like, don't don't completely fake it. You know what? Have, let's do it. Chelsea's Guide to Acing an Interview. Yes. With, Go in and throw your jacket across the desk of the receptionist. <laughs> Step one. Leave an impression. Step two. <laughs> <laughs> Step two, insult the outfits of everyone you see on the way there. <laughs> Step three, if you see anyone who looks like Emily Blunt, ensure that she follows you around, but never give her too much attention. And stop her from having that flu that'll <laughs> help her with the Step last four, girl Step four, hire the mousy girl with hair that is really, really not tamed. <laughs> that woman will serve you well. <laughs> <laughs> this seems more like how to be a boss, not how to be an employee. <laughs> anyway, not back on track. Back on track. Uh, I don't want to talk about Stanley Tucci just because I'm scared to now. Oh, yeah. Um, Step five. Find Stanley Tucci and, uh, well, the rest of it is, is yeah. <laughs> Your, the facial expressions on you. Oh, my God. This is, yeah, this is a podcast. No one can hear the cringe on your face. I should do it right there. by the mic. They it could is hear, there. They could hear all of it. Oh, my um, gosh. But, yeah. Uh... I think that's all that can be said about Deborah Rose Prada. Don't well, touch me after you've <laughs> talked about Stanley Tucci. Just don't even look at me. There is a scene in this movie that, that my coworker brought up, and we we had a, a, a less than ideal manager, we'll say that. And uh, <laughs> so I think you already know who it is. That's why you're laughing. Um, and my coworker said that this that our manager has Miranda Priestly moments. Not in the sense that she's, like, glamorous and perfect in any sort of way, or, or even talented, but demanding as fuck. There is one scene where, where she's she needs a flight out, and she's called Andy, her assistant, and wants Andy to get her a flight out, but it is just storming outside, like, absolutely storming. 
And and she says something along the so lines. So basically impossible. She's she's like, I can't get you a flight out because of the weather. And she's like, oh, it's just a little drizzle. And then it's like, <sighs> like the the thunder Cracking lightning thunder. happen at that moment and lightning at once. And my my <laughs> my coworker said that this is our manager. And it was absolutely true because I think we were having like a severe snow day at the time, blizzards, and people couldn't come in, they couldn't make it in. We were all hands on deck trying to shovel snow as well, which was not our job duty at all. But we were all trying to help as best as we possibly could. And she was yelling at people on the phone that hadn't shown up for work because they couldn't get out of their own driveways. Mm. Like it was just impossible. The roads were no not clear. That is no excuse. And you she, take a plane. It's just a sprinkling of snow. Like that was like the level of attitude coming off of this woman. And uh, and that's what we saw in our manager as well. Yeah. So anyway, I always I always think of that scene. I don't know why, but that that always resonates with me. I I love that like that this revolves around the Harry Potter. Like she wants the Harry Potter manuscript for her kids as well. Yeah. Like the, it, it it's adds not even a, for something important. It gives like a little bit of humanity. Well, no offense to Harry Potter fans. I am a Harry Potter fan, but it's not even for something important. You haven't read any of the Harry Potter books. I am a Harry Potter fan. Oh, I'm sorry. I've watched the movies. Because I didn't dive I down a book rabbit hole. I can't be a fan. You know who's a fake fan? Dad. He turns around, I'm a Gryffindor. Shut up, bitch. You don't even watch it. He doesn't know what each of them means. Well, I tell you right now, my father, up until the fifth one, took oh. me to every single Harry yeah. Potter movie. I got he Wellington. The end. I got Wellington, my childhood teddy bear, because you and Dad went to see, like, the Philosopher's Stone in the friggin' theater, and mom was, like, going around the bay with me, and she's like, oh, do you like that teddy? I was like, and then I had Wellington, and you got a movie experience. You're welcome. I didn't ruin that for you, with my crying. There you go. All right. Point being, dad is a fake fan, though. Dad turns around, he doesn't even remember parts of it. Like, the second one will be on, he's like, is this the fifth one? I haven't seen this. And then I'm like, oh, it's like talking to Dory from Nemo. (laughs) Like, I want to kill him, but I love him, and yeah. Lay it, off oh my one. god, you Lay know what it is? Off. I just realized what it is. You know when Tom Hanks tries to like strangle in A League of Their Own when she's like asking him and he wants to hurt her and he just shakes his hands because he's stopping himself? Yeah. That's what it feels like sometimes. Okay. When I'm having a memory of You're having with a that. Steve Martin John Candy relationship. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you I'll put him on that plane and I'll drive away in my automobile. Yeah. On fire. <laughs> Your automobile on fire. Um, anyway, I was I was leading into something, and I've got a little distracted. You put him on a train, by the way. It's a plane's train. No, it's I'll put train. Dad on a plane. You actually so he are can go putting, far away. You are putting our father on a plane in two days. Yeah, two days. You are actually putting him on a plane. Two moons have passed. No. <laughs> in two moons, I will send him away. And then I will take off in my automobile. Oh my gosh. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> Safe travels, Daddy. All right. Well, in <laughs> um, answer to the whole segment, do you buy the theory? I'm guessing no, because you just keep no, saying that he's, he's not. the devil in disguise, and she's the devil that wears Prada. They're is completely he different the people. Devil is my only question. Well, I think any guy that turns around and gets really manipulative and awful when someone's kind of Succeeding like reaching life? reaching their full potential and happy, I think that's a, a devilish thing to do. Yeah, but like. I, the term devilish, I always feel like, is like devilish feels sexy, mischievous. Oh, the, like he's a but, touch devilish, but, but it's okay. You know what it feels like? So it, fun. It's like when like Cruella Deville says devilish, like you're like, oh, darling. She would say devilish. Yeah, it's a little devilish. Yeah. Okay. 
All right, so I, I like the theory that he's the devil, and I totally buy it. He's um, not the devil that wears Prada, though. That's my yeah. issue. The and, fact that they're just calling him the devil. And it's a sad tale, because at the end, the end, she returns to the devil. No, she doesn't, does she? She does. She returns to the devil. She put back to him? She does. Why? Because he's the devil, and he tempted her out of something good. He didn't tempt her, though. Doesn't she go... I can't remember the end now. I, I just remember really, really dissatisfied. Spoilers! We told you. All right, so the final film we're going to talk about for New York Fashion Week... Holy shit. ...is not really about fashion, but really influenced fashion, so it's you, a bit of a stretch. You know, you know why but. this movie's included? Because Diane Keaton is Diane Keaton. That's we're, why. I'm totally going there, so say nothing, okay? Okay. All right, so for, for Twist the Sister segment this week, we are talking about Annie Hall. What is this? You got black soap? It's for my complexion. Well, la-di-da... La-di-da. Don't say la-di-da like it's a la-di-da movie. La-di-da. It is Okay, not. like I said, this one is a bit of a stretch. You oh, do, you it do is not hella stretched. <laughs> for Fashion Week, for New York Fashion Week. But in the 70s, Diane Keaton's androgynous look greatly influenced New York fashion. So this pick is kind of like a retrospective of sorts for New York Fashion Week. It's you connect it to going the... Going back to you, the Chelsea, history. You connect it to the week and I'll shit on the movie. <laughs> Because it's a load of shit. All right, so you don't like Annie Hall. I, oh I God, really so need. Bad. I really need you to tell me why. It, it is so bad. Pinpoint. I don't even know how it won Best Picture because there must have been nothing out. Oh no, there's a big controversy over that. There were lots of things out. Oh my God, then I don't know why it won. Okay, no, so I Annie Hall, just so you know, beat out Star Wars for the Oscar back in April 1978, which caused a massive controversy, like a huge controversy. I don't know. It's how one of the Star few Wars comedies. It's one of the few comedies you like Star Wars. Better it isn't than funny. Annie Hall. Annie Hall is not funny. <laughs> that is the first <laughs> issue we got to sort out. You it don't ain't funny. Do you like Woody Allen's sense of humor? No, okay. and it gets worse okay. as you watch it. For Woody an Allen hour plays and a half. comedian. Yeah. Oh, I know. He basically plays himself. Yeah, if, which that's I, you know. I'll get into my notes in a second. You connect it to your fashion week, and then I, I, I I'm connected gonna... it. Okay. Okay. Here, I'll, I'll just tell you why okay. I think it is worthy, and then okay. you can spit in my face. Okay. So although Woody Allen's Alvy Singer character does follow Diane Keaton's Annie Hall to California, the movie is predominantly focused on New York City life. So it is New York Fashion Week. Um, it's wildly creative. This is why I think it's a, a good movie, not because why it's a Hold fashion on. movie. I want to understand. How is it wildly creative? It's wildly creative in its filmmaking techniques. It uses split screens. It breaks the fourth wall. I believe there's a, a claymation animation sort of so sequence. You're, you're telling me the cinematography? Subtitles. Cinematography. Yeah, interesting you're, cinematography. Oh, you're telling me the cinematography is why I should watch the movie? That's the hill you want to die on? <laughs> <laughs> We're not done. Wildly creative is where I'm going with this. Very creative at, at, for its time. This is a film that the editor did save, though, because it was originally a murder mystery, very much longer. Oh my god! And they edited it down. It could have been so good as to a make mystery. it an introspective Who romance. Who killed Alvy? <laughs> There's so many options. It could be like Clue. Oh, it would have been so. Yeah, good. Yeah, have you ever seen Clue? No, but it could have been I so good. I love Clue. Good. There, there's a scene in Clue. Oh my god! Clue. I'm imagining a much better movie right now. Madeline. Um, oh, what's her name? Tim Curry's in it, right? Yes. Ma yeah. What's Madeline's name? Madeline... Albright? No, no. <laughs> Madeline... Help me. Great Who's... comedic actress. Madeline... Oh, my God. What is her name? Oh, look. You're going to research again. I am absolutely going to research again. Oh she has a, a scene where she's like, flames, research. flames coming from my... Eyes, oh. eyes. Madeline Kahn. Madeline Kahn. 
I'm I never going to get that. Yeah. She plays Mrs. White in it. And, oh, I'm going to have to, after this, I have to show you that scene because it's hilarious. She's just talking about about how her anger levels were when she found out that her husband was messing around on her. And she goes, flame, flames. Like, I, you got to see it. Anyway. So this is a, a murder mystery that was edited down by the editor and, and basically saved and became an introspective romance gone awry. Why didn't they leave it? <laughs> you want to see the extended Oh my cuts. god, I'd rather watch the murder so mystery. Annie Hall is Diane Keaton by all... In all senses of the yeah. senses of it. In fact, Diane Keaton's real name is Diane Hall. She took Keaton as as her name, but Diane Hall is her real name. Uh, the fashion sense is also her own, with the baggy men's trousers, the oversized yeah. blazers, and the jackets. That's all Diane. Diane Keaton. Keaton played Diane Keaton in a movie called Annie Hall. Yeah, it, it should have just yeah, Di Diane Hall, yeah. Diane Hall. Anyway. Yeah. She was even dating Woody Allen at the time or around Why the time of this. Why would she do that? She essentially won an Oscar for this movie for being herself. Why? And I find this film, I find this film funny and intellectual and neurotic and experimental. It's also, also, something that I think you can get behind. It's second wave feminism broadcast widely in that Alvy wants to be modern and progressive as a man, but he's still struggling with the idea of Annie becoming too independent. And, and, I mean, that's a big theme of the film. Like, a huge theme of the film. It also encapsulates the end of romance, which has been, you know, I think my issue, heavily. you're taking this at, at, to, like, a cerebral level. Yeah. That, like, you have to take it as, like, this is them portraying feminism and him struggling with feminism. No. You just can't enjoy it. You can't it, watch it. It's not watchable for you. It's Even if I t took a step back and just watched it for the cerebral points of view... I can't. I can't. I, I can't. I can't. <laughs> You're just shaking your head and screaming, I can't, I can't. At me. You got your eyes closed I like can't. you got a headache. I can't do it, Chadley. Oh. Anyway, the, the, the very last point I have to make, that this film encapsulates the end of romance, the slow decomposition of love, and I mean, that's something that you've, in lots of movies that you've enjoyed, like 500 Days of Summer and things like that. You, I don't like 500 Days of Summer. Okay, well... Fine. I hate 500 Days of Summer. It it's has the one movie I hate. And it is encapsulated with the, with the line, "A relationship, I think, is like a shark. You know, it has to constantly move forward or it dies." And I think what we got on our hands is a dead shark. And I think that's one of the great lines. That would have been movie. a great line had it been a murder mystery. That would have been so good because okay. someone would have actually died. So what you're saying is Star Wars should have won and Annie Hall shouldn't exist. Annie Hall should have killed Alvy Singer. Do you nuts. like her look? Do you like her look? Annie Hall's look? It, it's, it's Diane Keaton being Diane Keaton. That's not an answer. Do you like the look? I don't like... I love it. I don't like androgynous stuff. You'd like androgynous stuff? No, I, I don't. I, I don't, don't typically, but I like do. it in this. You do. I really don't. The, the journalist within you eats that shit up. What, like the tweed yeah. blazers? You eat that I shit up. I do like tweed give blazers. Me, give me a patch on my Yeah, sleeve. I was just gonna say elbow patches. Uh, I love a good elbow you patch. You eat that shit up. <laughs> I love cottage, I love cottage core fairy core shit. Like, I belong in, like, a never-ending story as a fairy in the background. Yes. That's where I am. You're channeling Tinkerbell. Yeah, that's, I've always <laughs> been there. And I like fashion that reflects that. I like florals. I like cutesy shit. So androgynous basically just shits on my parade. So it, it's not really for me. I do like, when it comes to like business things and like 80s, like shoulder pad blazer things. Okay. I can find ways to intricate that. Intricate. Ugh. Integrate? Integrate. I don't know why I'm saying intricate. I'm trying to say integrate. Okay. Um, 
that into an outfit if you give it like a pastel or a really cute color yeah. to make it work. That being said, I don't really like the androgynous look. Furthermore, I hate this movie. <laughs> um, do you have so, do you a list of why? Yes. I made notes just oh to give you an goodness. idea because I was really worried because I, I I don't have a good history with Woody Allen movies, much like John Cusack movies. It's never usually a good ending for me. I usually find it either boring, or I hate the characters, or it falls flat. This for me almost did all three of them at the same time. Um, so you find you find him more awkward than so. John Cusack. My th this is in order that I wrote them as well. I haven't altered my notes from how I took them when watching the movie, so you okay. get to experience it with me. So, Alvy, who is Woody Allen, who is basically Woody Allen playing Woody Allen, much like Diane Keaton is playing Diane Keaton, he is extremely neurotic in it, as you've mentioned. Now, I can handle neurotic characters. Um, I initially had wrote sometimes annoyingly so, for a little <laughs> side note for his extreme neuroses, and by the end of it, I erased sometimes and just wrote annoyingly so. Um, why do all men think that if a woman is annoyed or not chipper like a friggin chipmunk or happy worker bee why is she on her period why is she menstruating what the frig is up with Does that? He say that he mentions it like three times he says okay. when they they're like oh i'm not in the mood for sex or oh i'm just feeling blah today he's like are you on your period oh i'm particularly horny when i'm on my period okay i don't want to know any of this <laughs> But I wanted to string him up by his testicles so that he would never oh, be God. allowed near people again. But he mentioned it like two yeah. or three times in it, and I was so annoyed because I remember being like twelve. It's, nev it's never. A good I remember thing. being twelve, and boys had just learned about periods because for some reason they didn't figure it out before then. But I'd be in gym class and I'd be cranky because like the team was losing, and the guys would be like, "Are you cranky because you're on your period?" And I'm like, "No. Do you want to be on yours? I can give you a bloody nose." Yeah. Like, I can really make it happen for you. Like, it really, it just, it's nails on a chalkboard. No woman wants to hear that, and if you say it to her, she's going to punch you in the nuts. Or she should. If she doesn't, she, she should make you bleed back. from the nether regions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. See how you feel. I found a clear distinction. Alvi's character almost instantly reminded me of George from Seinfeld. That being said... I, I do kind of see that. He's like George from Seinfeld, Seinfeld, but he completely lacks the comedy of it. Like George, he's a comedian. I, he's not funny. The, the, oh my god, Chelsea! I couldn't find. I think anything. you really don't like Woody Allen. I didn't find any of it funny. I was sitting there waiting for like one funny line or one funny moment. Yes. And it was a, a, another stupid joke after another misogynistic thing, after a guy trying to pr like bring down the girlies with. After, like, it was just, it was, uh, there's no words. It Next seems like there's a lot of words. <laughs> They're all streaming for from the your rage. mouth with anger. Um, the movie, for me, also kind of holds a magnifying glass <laughs> up to pet peeves. And you see that, especially in the scene where he's supposed to be going somewhere with Annie Hall. And they're, like, in a lineup, and the guy behind is pretending to be some, like, pretentious dickhead on, like, a first date with a woman. And it very much has that goodwill hunting, you know, he's quoting a book that he's read kind of thing. Yes, It yes. has that energy, and he's 
him commenting on how annoying it is is almost as annoying as the guy doing it. I don't even know how it's possible. Because okay. I was looking forward to him actually being like, dude, shut up. Like, no one cares about what you're saying. But it didn't work that way. He just kept going on and on about the guy behind him going on and on. And I was annoyed by both of them by the end of it. Um, I yeah. also figured out pretty quickly, accomplished woman or woman coming into herself. Mm-hmm. Then she must have low standards. Enter Alvi. <laughs> because that is what happens. He found a, he found women who were doing well in their careers, or like finally, you know, heading in a direction is that Alvi was making Singer them happy. The devil that wears Prada. Oh my God, he is the devil. <laughs> um, he's the devil that wears slacks. Yeah. Um, but yeah. like that—that's who he is. He he would get with a person who is a perfect person, and he could turn around and he could be happy in the relationship. But he would just tear them down. Which, to me, is the most unattractive thing I could witness for an hour and a half. Especially if they look like Woody Allen. Um, oh, that's and, mean. Well, the way he, like, he kind of makes himself more dorky and annoying and neurotic as he goes. And it's, he, oh, is, he is dorky and neurotic. Yeah, but you can, you can be dorky and still be hot. He made himself dorky and really unattractive. Like, oh, Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea. I can't even, oh, I can't Chelsea, even. Chelsea, Chelsea, And have you ever heard the phrase, is it just me? I've heard it in a couple different things. The first one that comes to mind is New Girl, but have you ever heard the phrase when people say, usually it's parents or it's a friend who really cares and they say, you are the prize. Remember that in relationships? I've heard people say that. Yes. I don't like that term because it's very objectifying that you're a prize. No, prize is like no, I, object. It's no I, have, I, I take to... it as like, remember that you are... Not the one who needs to be the one that's adjusting and caving and doing everything for the other person. You are, you know, like, you know when they say trophy wife? You are yeah. the thing that's desired. So don't turn around and sell yourself short or make yourself smaller for someone else. Yeah. That's what the movie embodies. Remember that you are the prize. Because he clearly doesn't treat any of these women like they are the goddamn prize. And he definitely ain't the prize. Because, getting into this. Uh, he... You, you've got a lot of anger. He right doesn't now. respect boundaries. He does not. And it bothers me particularly when they go away for, like, their weekend away or whatever, him and Annie Hall, and she turns around and she says she wants to smoke weed to kind of relax so that they can have sex or whatever, and he proceeds to stop her from doing that and isn't respecting her boundaries, and he's kind of, like, forcing herself on... forcing himself onto her, and you can see, like, the ghost of her goes and sits in the chair... And yes. he has this whole Don't conversation. That, that creative, though, that's very, it's a very I don't give a shit if it's creative. It just shows how he's okay. mistreating her and not respecting her boundaries. And he's basically sexually yes. assaulting her. Yeah, it's it's a feminist film. Do you not... Do um, not I see, found this subtitle. They don't end up together. Spoiler! They don't end up together. Don't you... Thank God. Don't you... Um, <laughs> the subtitle subtext in the movie, I felt, was very uh, true. And it encapsulates kind of small talk in early relationships or flirting like she her parts where she's talking about something it says in the like the subtitles you know oh uh, I hope he likes me I hope he thinks I'm not stupid meanwhile his subtext said I wonder what she looks like naked and mm. I was like this is exactly this this is this is the problem with this, men yeah <laughs> oh my god if a movie is gonna make women hate men it's this movie um, oh Annie, like you mentioned, she clearly, pretty quickly, outgrew him, and the fact that she didn't depend on him is the exact reason why he's so fixated on her. Because he writes a play about her, and yep. he won't leave her alone, and yep. he goes to LA to go after her, 
And she's like, dude, I'm trying to live my life. Go away. Um, dude. Alvi, once more, he keeps getting in his own way. I thought it was almost laughable. Um, but it's also hurtful to people who actually have these symptoms when they're anxious. Because I, it was hurtful to me because I have anxiety. And him going to LA or specifically in this situation, you're supposed to go on, I think, the Johnny Carson show and do a bit. Okay. And he goes, oh, I can't eat. I feel so sick. I'm so nauseous. All these different things that I have experienced being anxious. As soon as she turns around and tells him that she spoke to the Johnny Carson so show and they got someone else for the role, he instantly starts shoving chicken in his face. And he says, oh, oh, can you pass me the salt and pepper? It needs a bit of seasoning. Yeah. It was so hurtful to me, and I thought it was disgusting that he keeps getting in his own way like this, and then, like, relying on everyone else to sort shit out for him. Anyway. Um, <laughs> and he also, this is my last note, uh, he's noncommittal to everything. Not just his girlfriends, who he turns around and says he wants open relationships with. He also, he like, he's very up and down with his work, you know, I, I want to book a gig, and, oh, I can't go on Johnny Carson, I'm ill, uh-uh. um, and he always has one foot out the door, which is why all of these women leave him, because he's, he's not there, he isn't present, he doesn't want to listen, doesn't respect boundaries, he's clearly a misogynist, because he doesn't do anything that supports the idea that the women that he's with are anything more than arm candy. I can't it's deal with it. It's a feminist film. It's t it shows you all of those I know things, it's a so. feminist film, but he's such an asshole that things that I already feel are just, like, heightened for how much I hate him. But don't you feel that there's a, like, the fact that you hate him so much, doesn't that really speak to, it's not called Alvy Singer, it's called Annie Hall. But it's about his fixation with her. Yeah. Oh. And his issues. It's different. When you have a villain... Like in Devourer's Prada, yeah, you love her. She feels like she feels. You like to love your villains. I do. I do like to have a certain amount of like power to you to the villains, mm -hmm. even though I don't want them to win. I do like having it that I don't completely despise them. I hate him. You can tell how much I hate him. I am vibrating. That is how much I hate him. He's so awful, and I, I, I. I can't watch it again. Are you hangry? I think you might be hangry. No, I'm not even hangry. I think we're coming to the end. Eating nothing has made it better because, like, the rage that would be within the me. The bile within your stomach is just yeah. churning, darling. Yeah. Churning. It, he is so awful. Mm. I don't know how that many women could date him in the first place. And I, I don't even care about his backstory in it. You don't want like, a when he's like snack. When he's like, oh, I was in Coney Island and I lived inside of a roller coaster. Big whoop. <laughs> That could have been a really cool life if you mm -hmm. had more to show for it than being a whiny little bastard. Okay, so... Because that's what he is. On that, on that note, I, I feel like New York Fashion Week is, is over. It's so over. Um, and, uh, yeah, Annie Hall, run. Annie run. Hall is over. Al mainly Annie Hall is fine. Alvy, run. Run far, run fast. Go back to Coney Island. Because <laughs> the wrath of Daisy Hyde. has been has been unleashed. Oh my god, he's so awful. Oh my god. I've, I honestly, I don't even think I felt so passionately about my hatred for any of the Twisted Sisters the way I did for Annie Hall. 
So it's I'm going to so solidly bad. say that I did not twist Daisy no. on this. I'm never watching this movie. And I could I could, be, I could, have a gun Daisy. in my head. And remember they could say, Zoolander? you have to watch this or I will shoot you. And remember I'll be like, Zoolander? do it. Remember how do fun it. Zoolander was? Think about Zoolander <sighs> right now. Think about Zoolander. He can't turn left. <laughs> he can't turn left. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we're done, darling. We're, we're t- we are turning left on New York Fashion Week. Yes. Hope you enjoyed two of the three movies. Sashay you know which ones. away. Yes.